This is Tech Talk with your host, Tom Dioria. Tom will spend the next hour making your life with technology a little easier with explanations of the different aspects of today's technology and how it can benefit your home, small office, or enterprise. Now here's your host, Tom Dioria. Welcome to IMI's Tech Talk. It's the third Sunday of July. It's July 17, 2016. We're on at 6 p.m. in the New York listening area and 3 p.m. in Arizona. And today we're live from our New York offices, and we're going to be discussing a topic that uh, hopefully you've all heard about, Pokemon Go, Ingress and Augmented Reality, with our guest Dana DiTomaso. I'm Tom DiOria. I'm the CEO of Information Methods Incorporated, and together with our weekly guests, our show will help our listeners, whether a business or home technology user, make better use of all aspects of technology. Now, before we get started, uh, we'd like to take a few seconds out to uh, send our prayers and wishes to um, all of those in Nice, France, that uh, suffered uh, that uh, tragic terrorist attack on Thursday. Um, not much we can say, but uh, you must be vigilant and uh, say a prayer for everybody out there. Just in case you're a first-time listener, in our first segment, Tech Talk provides you with a review of last week's most significant events in technology. We start with an increased coverage of technology uh, in the New York area, and we follow this with an industry-wide report, which could contain information on conferences, announcements by vendors, new releases of software equipment, or new contract opportunities. One of our guests followed us from many aspects of business and industry, and if you wish us to consider a topic for a future show, you can email your suggestions to TechTalk, S-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, and IMI-US.com. We'll get back to you pretty quickly. Anytime after our show introduction, please give us a call or send an email message with questions on today's topic or anything else we might be able to help you with. You can call 277-KFNX. That's 277-5369. And if you're outside the 602 listening area, call us toll-free at 1-866-536. 1100. You can send us email questions throughout the show using that email address I just gave you, techtalk at imi-us.com. We monitor that throughout the show. If we don't get your question on today's show, um, we'll definitely uh, send you a response and try and get you on next week. We're also being simulcast on the web, so if you want to listen to uh, the show live but you can't get to your uh, radio, call us toll-free or, sorry about that, Go to uh, KFNX's website, which is 1100kfnx.com, and you can listen to us live. Or if you want to listen to this show again or any of our previous shows, you can go to our website, which is imi-us.com. Click on the Tech Talk button in the upper right-hand corner. All the shows are there. You can listen to them free, send them to your friends. So please take advantage of that, and please call in any time during the show. We'll try to get you on as quickly as possible. First segment is our week in review. It's our increased coverage of technology events in New York City and around the world. It's acquired by our uh, week in review editors, Dave Brandon, Jose Batista, and Dan Dioria. Crane's business tells us that Edward Snowden made his way to Manhattan recently via robot. Interesting. The former National Security Agency contractor and whistleblower and trader and crook, current director of Freedom of the Press and subject of the Academy Award-winning documentary Citizen Four spoke with computer scientist and author Jaron Lanier before a small group of journalists at a retail concept store in Chelsea. Each man communicated remotely through a Beam Pro, which is a flat-screen monitor attached to a swivel base by extendable legs that allow Lanier's and Snowden's digitally streaming faces to be roughly at an adult height. If you're um, 
watcher of a certain TV show. Uh, Sheldon invented that uh, a while back. Uh, the event was co-sponsored by USA Network show Mr. Robot, which uh, discovered last year that Snowden was a fan of the drama about a village and hacker who by day works in cybersecurity. Time to celebrate July 13th season to premiere Mr. Robot, Snowden, and Lanier discussed Henry David Thoreau, government, and Snowden's possible return to the United States. Several times during the 40-minute uh, conversation, there were video disruptions of Canada Monitor and Tribeca Film Fester. Uh, film Festival co-founder Craig Hadoff had to ask the men to repeat their statement. Okay, enough for Mr. Snowden. Politico tells us next up may be a bill to stop the pokey stops. Uh, we're going to learn more about this uh, with our guest today. Samuel Felix Ortiz, a Bronx Democrat and established nanny stater, said he is concerned that people playing Pokemon Go, the viral augmented reality game, pose a risk to public safety. Already, people in Baltimore and elsewhere have been mugged while glued to their phones, which displays bulls and digital avatars on videos of people's actual surroundings. Ortiz said that he was concerned people would play in busy streets or driving cars. The later fear is shared by the state's Department of Motor Vehicles, whose leader, Terry Egan, warned that it could have tragic real-world consequences. He said he's not prepared to introduce legislation relating to Pokemon Go or the games, at least not yet, but hopes game companies recognize potential risks in their products and react accordingly. Not sure what that accordingly is. The Post tells us that a federal judge has tossed a lawsuit seeking to block free Wi-Fi stations rolling out across the city. Pay phone vendor Telebeam sued in 2014, claiming New York City violated the city charter and the Federal Telecommunications Act when it awarded a contract to Telebeam competitor City Bridge to develop the Link NYC network. Telebeam was resisting having to transfer to City Bridge the 1,300 pay phones that Telebeam still operated. The city is currently working on replacing 6,000 public pay phones with Wi-Fi hotspot hubs. In a lengthy ruling, Brooklyn Federal Court Judge Nina Gershon found the city was within its rights to award the contract and didn't break any laws. Telebeam, which serviced the city for years, said it plans to appeal. Okay. TechCrunch tells us that a new startup called Spare Min aims to help you fill that time with phone calls. The app, which is available for both iOS and Android, was created by Neil Modi and Oliver Wellington, who previously founded content recommendation company N-Relate, which was acquired and eventually shut down by IAC. The way it works is that other spare min users can send requests to talk to you. Those users could be friends, family, or just random fans or colleagues who want to bend your ear for a few minutes. Then, when you have some free time for a call, you alert the app, which in turn alerts users who requested you approved. If you're particularly popular and multiple calls are, calls are waiting to talk to you while you're still on a call, Spearman creates a queue. How weird is that? Who has free time? Tech Times tells us that uh, Valve announced that... Uh, it will be sending notices to third-party websites using Steam for gambling. The announcement comes after a lawsuit alleged that the company knew and supported the market by providing gambling sites access to accounts on Steam. 
Litigation is still pending, but Valve moved to make its position clear about the matter. Valve's Eric Johnson released a statement stating that he, we have no business relationships with any of the mentioned sites, adding that the company has never received money from the gambling sites and in that Steam does have a system in place to convert in-game items into money. Johnson specifically pointed out that utilizing the OpenID API stem uses and making the uh, same web calls as the services used to facilitate a gambling business is not allowed by the company's API and user agreements. Valve will also pursue the matter, depending on how the gambling sites react to the notices. Okay. Um, I just want to point out to you, before we get to our guest after the break, that in the Thursday, July 14th, Wall Street Journal in the personal section. Um, they have uh, an entire article on Pokemon Go, which you may want to reference uh, before, during, or after the uh, show, and it's about uh, uh, how somebody got hooked on it and tells you basically all the ins and outs of it, which we're going to talk to our guest about, so you may not have to look at it, but it may give you a reference. And also, we found another article um, that um, may be of interest to you as well, and it's about uh, businesses figuring out how to tap into the craze uh, by asking their own employees who happen to be playing the game, and I think they're going to try and uh, sell you stuff while you're playing the game, so keep an eye on that, and we'll ask our guest about that too. This is Tom DiOrio on IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. Come on back. We're going to talk about Pokemon Go uh, with our guest, uh, Dana D. Tommaso. I'm Tom Diori. This is IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. Welcome back to IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. It's the 17th of July, 2016, and as I mentioned to you uh, before the break, our guest is uh, Dana D. Tommaso, and we're going to talk to you about Pokemon and a bunch of other things. And Dana is the president and partner at KickPoint, where she applies marketing into strategies to grow clients, businesses, and in particular to ensure that digital and traditional play well together. That's always a challenge. Uh, with her deep experience in digital, Dana can separate real solutions from wastes of time. Uh, Dana was born in a steel mill, but overcame these humble beginnings to move to Edmonton in 2010. In her spare time, she is the president of the Advertising Club of Edmonton, co-leads Ladies Learning Code Edmonton, and is the weekly technology columnist on CBC Edmonton AM. Dana also enjoys drinking beer, that's good, and yelling at the (laughs) Hamilton Tiger Cats. Dana, thanks for being with us, and who are the Hamilton Tiger Cats? (laughs) Well, if you have any Canadian listeners, uh, they would know it is a Canadian football league team, which is where players who aren't quite good enough for the NFL go and play in Canada in very cold conditions. So thanks for your cast-off players. They're great. Yes, the few times I've been to Edmonton, it was either gorgeous or very cold and snowy. Yes. I think you have lots, about two weeks of nice wood. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, that's like uh, Arizona, where we uh, Phoenix, where the show is broadcast from. 
I think has uh, a lot of 100-degree days. So Anyway, let's get yeah, to our topic here. Uh, people are having weather. We had a big thunderstorm yesterday in New York. Um, Pokemon Go is the rage. Uh, during my weekend review segment at the beginning of the show, we talked about an article in the Wall Street Journal basically telling uh, all the facets of it. Um, but before we get into augmented reality, give us um, an overview of, if you could, of Pokemon Go, and then we can talk about the underlying uh, reality that uh, makes it all possible. What is Pokemon Go? I mean, I assume most of our older listeners know Pokemon, but uh, yeah. how about Pokemon Go? Okay, so Pokemon Go is essentially the Pokemon game that people knew and loved on Game Boy back in the 90s, but transported into the real world. So many of the mechanics are still the same, where you have to catch them all, uh, all being all the little creatures, the Pokemon that are scattered throughout the world. You have to run around to get the eggs to hatch. There's a lot of battling against other Pokemon to see who is superior. Um, you know, it's essentially the same mechanics, but now it's transported to where you interact with the Pokemon in your real-world environment. Instead of running around on a screen, you're running around in real life. I read some articles about people being nervous about people running around in the middle of the street. Um, <laughs> but tell us about augmented reality. How does that create, or how was that used to create this? So augmented reality is, it's a little, you probably heard of virtual reality, people wearing those Oculus Rift headsets and looking really silly as they go around a, a three-dimensional world they can see on the screen. And augmented reality is the idea that you have this reality that we live in and then through your device, whether it's a phone or Microsoft is coming out with a cool product, the HoloLens, which is actually going to be able to take things you have on the computer and bring it into your real world. Um, there's lots of different applications. So it's essentially the, the technological interface laid over top of the real world, for lack of a better word, interface that we interact with on a regular basis. Is Pokemon Go the first to use augmented reality? There's been other games. Um, there's a few really cool ones that have come out in the past few years. The one that's really similar to Pokemon, actually, and is by the same developer, uh, is called Ingress. And Ingress is a game where there are two factions in the world, the red, fa sorry, the green faction and the blue faction, and they are competing. It's a huge capture the flag across the entire world. And there are millions of players of Ingress. It's an enormously popular game. I play it as well. Uh, and the idea is that in Ingress, there's different portals that you can capture for the blue team or the green team. You can link them together to make fields, which are harder to break. Uh, it's lots of cool stuff. And it's all happening around you. You just don't know unless you have the game. Um, there's also games like uh, Zombies Run and uh, The Walk, which were also put out by the same development company as well. And in those cases, as you're walking in The Walk, you're unlocking parts of a game. So by going for a walk, you're walking through this game and you unlock parts of the story as you go. Or in Zombies Run, you um, have different parts of... You know, you're running, and then all of a sudden a bunch of zombies are chasing you, and you got to run faster. And the phone detects that you're running faster, and if you don't run fast enough, then the zombies eat you. So there's different ways to apply the augmented reality to it. Pokemon Go is relatively safer. There's no zombies eating you, but you have to make sure you don't run out into the highway. <laughs> Which I gather from uh, one of the articles I read has been happening, people running into the middle of the street. Uh, yeah, maybe people shouldn't do that. That's <laughs> and it can be really immersive. You know, when, when I've been playing it, although technically it isn't actually out in Canada yet, 
Um, definitely. You see people who are not paying attention and stepping where they shouldn't be. And it's like, yeah, it's a game, but just heads up. Make sure you're doing what you, you – make sure you don't walk into a wall. What is the uh, – is there an age range for this? No, I think um, – I personally see players of all ages. I, obviously, it's, it is more popular – with people, uh, I would say, in their teens and 20s, uh, and particularly, you know, 90s kids who are nostalgic for the Pokemon experience. Uh, you know, we have uh, an employee here at work, 23, and she's so excited about it because she watched the Pokemon TV show growing up, and it's like her TV show come to life. So there's definitely trading on nostalgia there. But then I see a lot of older players, too. And what uh, what's attracting the older players are people, in particular, thinking about things like uh, tracking fitness, uh, and how the Fitbit craze and lots of people tracking their fitness, and that really works well with a Pokemon because in order to unlock particularly rare eggs into Pokemon that you can collect in the game, you have to walk long distances. I have an egg right now that I've collected that I have to walk 10 kilometers before I can unlock it, which is, yeah, it's a ways. Okay, so let's let's back up. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to collect an egg? And when you open it, <laughs> what do you expect to get? Well, hopefully a rare Pokemon, one hopes, one of the rare creatures. There's a, there's definitely a collector uh, aspect to it, which is really appealing if you are a collector or you like completing sets of things. And that's the whole idea behind Pokemon is that you have to wander the world to collect them all. And the developers have been really clever in that they only put certain Pokemon in certain locations based on geography. So, for example, if you're in the mountains, you'll see one type of Pokemon. And if you're by the ocean, you'll see another type you can collect. So it actually encourages travel and going to different environments to uh, to collect everything. Okay, so um, the goal is to collect as many as you can, and mm-hmm. is there a prize at the end of the collection? You train them, you raise them, and then you battle them against other Pokemon users. So there is no there is no end you're point. Are standing in the forever. Somebody opposite you, or remotely, or <laughs> somebody in the other places part, in the world. Yeah, the world. there's places in the world called gyms. Yeah, there's places in the world called gyms, and in these gyms you can compete against other Pokemon. And they're clearly labeled in the map. Our office is across from a university, and there's a gym across the street in the university. And uh, it's very active with the with the students there. So explain that to me. So there's a physical space where mm-hmm. somebody has given a physical space over to Pokemon Go? It's, uh, it's usually things like churches landmarks, um, you know, uh, places of significance in the world. And this is a left, this is a hangover actually from Ingress, the game I mentioned earlier, where Ingress portals, where you would capture the flags, are these uh, big, you know, churches or artwork or whatever it might be, public art. Uh, and so now many of those are also Pokemon uh, gyms and poke stops where you can go to collect supplies. And those have been chosen kind of at random, but they are based on places of significance. Now, unfortunately, some of the places of significance, you might have read about this in the news, are places like the Holocaust Museum and the Arlington Cemetery, which maybe aren't appropriate to play video games, uh, but they are places of significance, so the computer randomly chose them to be important places in Pokemon, which is maybe not the best place to do that. So I believe that uh, the developer will be fixing that problem. Yeah, I did read about that. Uh, and on that note, yeah. we're going to take a break. Um, we're talking to Dana Di Tommaso about uh, Pokemon Ingress and Augmented Reality. It's the 17th of July, 2016. This is IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX KM1100. I'm Tom DeRoy. This is the half-hour break, so you're going to get uh, the national news a little longer than the other break. So please stay tuned. 
Come on back and we're going to talk to Daniel a little bit more about uh, Pokemon. Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. I'm Tom DeRay. It's the 17th of July, 2016. Today's show is focusing on Pokemon Go, the new sensation out there. I'm sure you've seen people walking around, or maybe you haven't, but Dana's going to tell us more about that. Um, and before the break, we were talking about uh, people battling with other people, uh, that's battling in quotes, um, in various places. And um, I guess the question is if if you don't travel, because uh, Dana was telling us before the break, it encourages people to travel to different places and get different mm-hmm. things in those places. Can you? Is the game still enjoyable if you know, like you're in Edmonton and you don't go out of Edmonton, or I'm in New York and and you stay in New York? Can you still get a lot out of the game even if you're not traveling to wherever you may it may want you to? Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton you can get out of the game without leaving your city um, or your small town. And I think that definitely they've done a good job of making it interesting for everybody, regardless of, you know, who you are or, um, you know, if if you can travel. Because obviously travel is a bit of a um, privilege that some people have, right? But you can travel around your city and still get cool stuff. In particular, the, the eggs that I talked about earlier that you can get from Pokestops, that's something that's really cool that you can get. Now, and that doesn't uh, part a lot of travel at all. I read in the Wall Street Journal that there's something called uh, a Psych Duck. Uh, yeah, that's one of the that's one of the uh, Pokemon that you can collect. And what do I do when I collect it? Well, you raise it until it gets really strong, and then you battle it against other Pokemon to prove that you're better <laughs> than everybody else at Pokemon, basically. <laughs> and why Why do you think this became so popular so quickly? Because of the augmented there was definitely uh, reality, the Pokemon or? aspect of it. Yeah, augmented reality, it's cool. Um, people were interested in it. The technology is at a point where it works really well. Ingress was definitely a little bit buggy in the beginning. It came out um, back in 2013. And I think the Pokemon aspect of it. I think Nintendo has always been really good at making interesting games uh, that you know do that people get excited about. And I think that, that uh, that's really reflected in this. What do you think this is going to do to video games? Because this obviously has a whole different aspect to it. Do you think it's going to make other video games obsolete and they're all going to move to this type of uh, platform? Uh, You know what? I think that there's still room in the world for console games, but I think now that the possibility has been unlocked for augmented reality, I think we're going to see a lot more on this platform. And, of course, people see Pokemon and how popular it is, and everyone wants to make that one game that's amazing. So we're going to see a lot of knockoffs, and we're probably going to see a lot of games that aren't quite as exciting, but then I think definitely the new technology is opening up the possibilities in gaming in a different way, which is enormously exciting, and I'm really interested to see what games come out. I would say not, you know, next week, but two to five years from now. So you don't see it as a fad. You see it as the future. Yeah, I absolutely do. I think between augmented reality and virtual reality, we're really unlocking the possibilities of what gaming could be. I think tablets were one step to make gaming more casual and more interesting to everybody. And now augmented reality is making the gaming more accessible. Now, besides possibly walking into the street and getting hit by a bus, do you see any uh, negatives to augmented reality? 
Well, it is more immersive. So definitely people getting addicted can be a problem. But I'm actually, I've read a bunch of articles about mental health and these augmented reality games. And one of the things that uh, there's already a study being conducted about people who suffer from anxiety disorders and how playing a game like Pokemon can help them with that because it gives them exercise, because they're out walking, they're leaving their house, they're engaging with other people. You know, but they're not, it doesn't have to be a lot of engagement because the phone is still involved. So from, it's actually apparently really great from a mental health standpoint. So I think that that's uh, the only negative is, you know, again, don't walk into the street. Don't run across the highway, which I saw uh, an article about on Friday. That's interesting that uh, you mentioned the positives, uh, mental health aspect of it. And it also sounds something, I guess, as long as you don't get caught into the, the fighting, uh, something that is good to occupy your time. Are there mm -hmm. other positives that you see from this? Well, I think people are going to spend a lot on data, which is probably a positive for the cell phone companies. Uh, <laughs> they are huge data hogs and battery hogs. Uh, actually, one thing that I think is going to come out of this as a positive in general is that I think phone makers are going to start paying attention to battery life and making phones that have better batteries because right now it's, uh, it's pretty terrible. This runs on, on both Android and uh, iPhones? Yes, it does. Yeah, not Windows phones. So if you have a Windows phone, it's sad, or BlackBerry, although I don't think there's too many of those left anymore. Is it free? It is free. You can pay in the game to get extra stuff, of course, like every game out there now. Uh, but you can play for free and have a great experience playing for free. You really don't have to spend money to enjoy yourself in the game. And if I did spend money, what would uh, that do for me? Uh, well, it can get you um, what are called incubators, which helps you hatch, hatch your eggs faster. It can also, you can buy lures, which attract Pokemon to your location for half an hour, which is actually really interesting from a business standpoint. Um, I've seen a lot of bars in the U.S. who advertise their happy hour and then say, oh, hey, by the way, we tossed down a Pokemon lure in our patio for the next 30 minutes if you want to come have a drink. So by getting people to engage uh, with Pokemon and really trading on that trend, they're attracting people to their location, which is enormously clever. Yeah, we did uh, read that uh, advertising was going to start to come into its own in, the, in this marketplace. Um, mm -hmm. Let's, let's um, spend a little time talking about going back, I guess, talking about the game itself. Now, when I was reading up on this for the, for the show, uh, it, it, the things I read said that it starts like you're on Google Maps. Can you explain what, that, what they meant by that? Yeah, so you see the grid of the city that you're in, where you currently are. It's overlaid on top of Google Maps. And Niantic Labs, the developer of the game, did have uh, – Ingress was also based on Google Maps. And actually, Ingress was originally developed at Google and then spun out to become its own company. So they do run on the Google Maps platform, and that's where they get the location data from. So you look like you're in your city, but now you're in the Pokemon world. And as you walk through the world – Pokemon jump up at you, and you can capture them. How do I do that? You toss uh, Pokeballs at them, which captures them. Sometimes they escape, and you have to capture them again, but you, know, you usually get them the first try. Once, once I get one of these, what do I do? There's a, a jail? So I this is where the, the, the training and uh, this is where the gyms come in. So you take your Pokemon to a gym, and you train it, and then it gets better. You can upgrade them. You can evolve them into different creatures. There's a myriad of possibilities that you can do with them. Now, it said... Uh, 
and I think you mentioned this, that I can either buy a bowl, a pokey mm-hmm. bowl, or I can go to oh, a yep. pokey stop to get them. Yes. What are uh, some of the pokey stops? In, oh, you said it's not available officially in Edmonton. <laughs> Yeah, I downloaded it anyway. I've been playing it. Um, so Pokestops are places that are of interest in the world, like how I talked about uh, art and churches and places like that, but aren't uh, necessarily as busy as a gym. So what you'll see is maybe there's a, a piece of public art, and that could be a Pokestop. Maybe it's a historical plaque, uh, and you can stop there and pick up balls. Sometimes you get an egg. And then the gyms are a more high-traffic places. Uh, like a fountain in a public square, for example. Okay, we're going to take another break, and we're going to be back with uh, Dana Tommaso talking about Pokemon, Ingress, and Augmented Reality. I'm Tom Diori. It's the 17th of July, 2016. This is IMI's Tech Talk on KFNX AM 1100. Please stay tuned. We're going to be right back after these messages. I'm Tom Dioria. It's the 17th of July, 2016, and we're talking to Dana Tommaso about Pokemon Go and a bunch of other things. Before uh, we get back to to the uh, interview, I just wanted to uh, ask you to let our listeners know what Kickpoint is all about, and if they want to follow up with you about any questions they may have, how they can do that. So Kickpoint is a digital-first marketing agency, which means that we, well, help clients with marketing uh, from a digital-first perspective. (laughs) And a lot of it focuses on uh, how to figure out how to bring their brand and strategy and digital together. Um, So things like, should I try to integrate Pokemon Go into my marketing plans, for example? That's a good question that we're getting lately. Um, yeah, and if they want to reach me, I'm on Twitter at Dana D. Tomaso, which is super easy to spell. So it's D-A-N-A-D-I-T-O-M-A-S-O. Okay, before we get back uh, to the interview, we just uh, found an article from the L.A. Times about in North San Diego County, two men fell off a bluff while playing the game. So that's in, and in another place in Anaheim, uh, somebody got stabbed. So there seem to yeah. be uh, some negatives. I don't think the people that fell off the bluff, they fell 100 feet. I don't think they died, so that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah. Robert from KFNX was telling us that uh, people are in the middle of the night are going out to one of his friends live on a golf course, and they're seeing all these lit-up phones. They called the cops because these people were looking. Um, but um, let's go back to, to uh, the game itself. And um, I wanted to to uh, talk a little bit more. We talked about Pokeballs, and we talked about battling Pokemon. Have you done a battle yet in a gym? I have not done a battle yet because I am not yet level 5 in the game, but I am really close, and I'm going to get to level 5 this afternoon. All right, now you have to explain what that means. <laughs> what, what are the levels? Yeah, so as you collect Pokemon, you get experience points. And like most things in video games, one of the things that you do when you collect experience points is you level up. And as you level up, you receive, uh, you know, things back in exchange for leveling up. Like you get a bunch of Pokeballs or other products. And so right now I'm at level 4.75, basically, and I'm going to level up real soon. 
And then once you get to level five, then you can start using gyms and training your Pokemon and competing against other Pokemon users. And also at level five, you pick a team that you want to be on. And there are three teams in Pokemon, red, blue, and yellow. Um, they don't seem to necessarily have any special attributes other than saying I'm on the red team. But when you can control gyms for your team, and then this color of the gym turns that color. So you can say this is a red gym or a blue gym or a yellow gym. Now, do you run into other people while you're playing your game? Absolutely. In fact, um, earlier today I was playing around, and I noticed that there were some people. There's a poke stop um, right outside my door here, and I noticed some people who were acting strangely on their phones, and I looked, and indeed they were indeed playing Pokemon. And, and you know, people are generally friendly, too, and you can talk about the game or what they're doing. And um, I've heard lots of stories of people making new friends through the game already, which is pretty cool. Okay, but there's also... Uh the possibility of some strange person playing the game as well. So I guess you should be aware of yeah. the strange. Yeah, I mean, I guess everyone like who plays Pokemon else, is necessarily a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk go back and talk a little bit about about the technology. Um, mm -hmm. This is a good game for kids, I gather. Um, is there an educational aspect to it for them in terms of the technology? Well. The poke stops do have a little bit of information. So when you actually visit the stop, it says the name of the building or art or wherever it is, and then there might be a little bit of details on it, like this building was built in 1910, or this is a statue for this sort of thing. So it definitely has that aspect to it. Um, I find that Ingress has a little bit more of the education aspect because you can create missions where you take clues and follow them to you know, complete a goal. Um, which can be clues like, you know, this building was built in this year for this thing, and so you have to solve what the clue is to go to the right place. Pokemon doesn't really have that aspect to it yet. Um, it may be something that they add on in the future, though. Tell, tell me a little bit more about Ingress. You've mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah, so Ingress is the worldwide capture the flag game made by the same developers as Pokemon, uh, and that is a, it's a simpler game in some ways in that you're not collecting different monsters, different Pokemon to battle against each other, you're collecting what are called portals. And portals are points in the world where you can claim it for the, red, for the green team or the blue team, and you can um, try to push out the green team out of one part of town or the blue team. Um, in Edmonton, the green team is particularly good at trying to push out the blue team. I'm on the blue team. We're always trying to push back. So it's a, it's a back and forth, which is a lot of fun. And how does that work? Uh, well, how do again, the team, the how do the teams interact? I have to say that again. Sorry, you cut out for a second. That's right. How do the teams interact? Yeah, so it, again, it is augmented reality in the sense that when you open the game, it knows where you are in the world, and you're presented with a modified version of the map of where you exist, and now you can see where the portals are, and you can see where, you know, interesting things are happening. You know, like the portal across from my workplace is blue because I claim it a lot, and I've linked that portal up with another portal across town to try to stop Green from being able to take over that area. And it's, uh, you can see the map. There's even a place where you can log in through a website to see a map of the entire world and where all the different portals are claimed, which is really interesting. Um, so it is more of kind of like a strategy sort of game in the sense that you want to try to capture the best position portal to make it difficult for the other team to capture areas. Ah, okay. So any last thoughts on augmented, augmented reality games? Do you know of any that are in the wings? I actually haven't heard a lot. A lot of the news has been focused so much on Pokemon Go lately, but I imagine within the next few months we're going to start hearing announcements of new games. There's no way 
that other companies like Electronic Arts or BioWare, the other big game makers, aren't going to jump on this. Okay, Dana, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. This was uh, a really interesting show, and I think hopefully we'll uh, bring our listeners up to speed. And uh, there's a question that somebody just asked me. Why isn't the game officially released in uh, Canada? Because it was completely overwhelming the servers by having too many countries on at once. So, and people kept getting timed out and kicked out of the game, so they're releasing it really slowly. And, you know, in Canada, frankly, we get things a lot slower than other countries. Um, there's a lot of Canadians who, you know, use uh, private networks to access American Netflix because it's way better, for example. So we're kind of used to being on the short end of the stick, but we'll get it eventually, legally. All right. Um, well, definitely well, switch your iTunes store in the U.S. and get it for now. It, so. Oh, yeah. It's, it's here, even if they don't want it to be here. <laughs> Thanks again. I uh, really appreciate it. It was very interesting. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to thank Terry Ruggiero, IMI's president, Dave Brandon, Dan Diori, and Jose Batista for the Week in Review. Taylor Rins, our producer. Tess Henshaw is our associate producer. Matt Campagny is our executive producer. And without all the grief, we give Robert Bomback from the KFNX AM 1100 production department. Not a word you would hear. Thanks again for listening, and please don't forget to tune into Tech Talk next week at 6 p.m. New York on KFNX AM 1100. Remember to send us your suggestions for future shows. Or ask us any questions you want to ask us as well by sending an email to techtalk at imi-us.com. Have a great week. Remember to say a prayer for the people in France, and thanks again for listening.